Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We return today for one more look at Acts chapter 26. This chapter deals with Paul's appearance and testimony before King Agrippa and his sister Bernice, Governor Festus, military officers, and the leading Roman and Jewish leaders from the city of Caesarea. This is not a trial in which Paul must defend himself. It is a hearing in which Governor Festus hopes to acquire enough information from Paul in order to formulate a letter to be sent to Caesar explaining Paul's case. There was another reason for this hearing, and that was to learn all that they could about the way. So Paul uses this opportunity to present the gospel to King Agrippa and all those present. So we continue on today focusing on the response of Festus and Agrippa to Paul's appeal that they consider Christ's offer of salvation. Days are filled with sorrow and care, hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today, leave your worry and are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near. Troubled soul, the Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near. are lifted at Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Jesus is very near, Jesus is very The people present at this hearing were some of the leading people of Jews and Romans alike. They were a well-schooled and intelligent lot, and they had just been given the facts of the gospel that Jesus died for their sins and rose again. But knowing and believing the facts does not make them meaningful. Their relationship to the facts is a thing that is essential. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul has spoken. His audience is a Jewish king accompanied by his sister consort, a governor, military and civilian dignitaries, and others. They are in a room in the palace in the Judean capital, Caesarea. 
Paul has spoken about the centrality of the resurrection and that it is because of that teaching that he is placed on trial by the Jews. To him that's incredible because their own Bible teaches it. He was teaching only what the prophets before him had taught, the coming of Jesus Christ, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Both pagan Gentiles and religious Jews needed to hear and respond to that truth. At that point, Governor Festus interrupted Paul with a statement, You are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you insane. The governor became fearful and restless. Paul's great learning in the prophets and the law had left him totally impractical. His teaching about the resurrection didn't fit into the Greek categories of thought in which Festus moved. The thinking processes of Festus were governed by the material and the natural, so he was lost in this discussion. His mind was trapped by the natural. It was closed to the supernatural. His thinking processes were confined to the present and the practical only. They weren't able to stretch to and include the eternal. He had a different mindset. Paul had written to the Corinthians that the natural mind does not understand spiritual things. They are foolishness. That's the way it is. It is not possible for the natural mind, unaided by the spirit, to understand spiritual matters. Festus illustrates that point. Like untold millions, Festus' mind was trapped by the natural and the material. He was blinded to anything else. Anything else was madness to him. It didn't make sense. What to that kind of mindset is madness, to another is perfectly logical and reasonable. Here was Paul's response to Festus. I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is true and reasonable. What was insanity to the natural mind makes sober sense to Paul. Festus was closed to the eternal. His mind could fathom only the here and now, only the present dimension. Anything beyond seemed foolishness to him. His mind was bound, it was circumscribed by the material and the natural. He was lost in the discussion of Christ and the resurrection. Now, Paul turned to King Agrippa again. He was a Jew. He was well versed in Judaism. Paul said, the king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it wasn't done in a corner. The life, ministry, the crucifixion of Jesus was common knowledge. Agrippa would know about that. The resurrection of Jesus was a well-attested fact of history. The gospel had been openly proclaimed. Agrippa would know about the beginnings of Christianity and the church. Furthermore, anyone who believed the prophets and compared what they had to say with what was happening would have to conclude that they predicted Christ, his suffering, death, and resurrection. A logical extension of what the prophets taught led any honest inquirer to Christ. Paul was hoping that Agrippa 
who knew the law and the prophets, would make the logical step and accept Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. So, Paul puts the king on the spot. The questioner becomes the questioned. Paul says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? The king was embarrassed. Now, Agrippa had a problem. If he said, yes, I believe the prophets, then he would look like a fool to Festus. If he said no, then he would be in trouble with the Jews. So Agrippa responds with another question. Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Perhaps he was convinced that Paul was right, but it would not be expedient for him to admit it. In spite of some translations, Agrippa is not admitting that he is almost persuaded to become a Christian. That is not his point. His point is that it would take more time and argument to convince him. Paul might convince the ordinary run-of-the-mill people so quickly, but not this king. The king may even have said this in jest, but Paul took him seriously. Paul replies, short time or long, I pray God that not only you but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, a Christian. Paul wanted people to believe in the Christ of the prophets. He was the culmination of God's salvation program. There was no individual salvation nor national hope without him. So here were these three men, Felix, Festus, Agrippa. When he heard Paul, Felix said, it's not convenient now to make a commitment. Maybe some other time he put it off. When Festus heard Paul, he said, that's insane. It can't be true. It doesn't make sense. Agrippa, after he heard Paul, said, it will take more than that to convince me. Each man rejected the claims of the gospel. Each was on trial. They represented the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. Each turned it down. That's every man's right to turn Jesus down. That's part of man's God-given freedom. I wonder what this did to Paul. Actually, that isn't important. What it did to Felix and Festus and Agrippa is, unless they later accepted the truth, they were lost, as everyone is who turns down the Savior. The choice is yours. My days are filled with laughter. My heart has known no peace. I've traveled far, still there is far to go. Cause in my heart there is
New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.